I'm teaching the martial arts in the inner city schools, in the middle schools, again using the martial arts as a tool to help these kids develop the security in themselves that I lacked as a youngster and helping them believe in themselves that they can accomplish anything they want in their life if they're willing to pay the price for it. And that's hard work and dedication. That's the secret to being successful in your life. Not, not, not afraid to hard work hard and being dedicated and not giving up. Because anything you work toward, there are always obstacles, obstacles in the way. And that's when you either quit or you continue on. And that's when I say, just continue on, overcome that obstacle and route to your goal. Because you never know which is the last obstacle that's gonna to try to stop you. And if you stop, that could have been the last obstacle en route to your success. The legendary action film star and former karate world champion Chuck Norris breaks down reasons that training in the martial arts can empower youth in poor circumstances to find self-belief and hone their work ethic to a razor's edge. What he is speaking of is at the core of the martial arts, hard work, dedication, and a refusal to give up. My name is Jesse Day, and this is the Fight IQ Podcast, where we explore the psychology of the world's greatest combat sports athletes and coaches to find gems of wisdom we can all apply to our own lives. This program is released every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time at fightiqpodcast.com and wherever podcasts are found online. There are so many benefits to training, not only in the martial arts, but in any endeavor requiring focused attention and movement of the body. Sports, yoga, weightlifting, the list goes on, it's all amazing for you. Today, however, I want to focus on the martial arts, because, well, this is a podcast rooted in combat sports. We're going to hear from one of the greatest pound-for-pound -pound MMA fighters of all time, his coach, and one trainer who is considered to be among the greatest tacticians in the sport of mixed martial arts, and hear their views on why it is so vital to us as human beings to have some form of training in our lives. Today, we learn all about the benefits of practicing the martial arts on Fight IQ. I remember my first class, I, uh, I didn't know much uh, about uh, grappling. Uh, so I did the, the, the old class, I've learned new techniques. And when it was time to roll, I remember my, my first teacher was Wagner Fabiano. And he was about uh, 25 to 30 pounds lighter than me. And uh, he told me to, to come and start with him the first round. And in my mind, I was like, oh, he's like, I'm 30 pounds heavier than him. So I was like, I, didn't, I couldn't see any way that he could beat, beat in me because I was, you know, I was a strong athletic man. And I remember he, he literally crushed me. Like, he made me tap, like, I think uh, 10 times in five minutes. And uh, then I was amazed at how the efficiency of the, the sport of, of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, how, how important is, is knowledge. Not, we always say knowledge is a weapon. And if you look in, around the world in warfare, uh, Genghis Khan win the war with a bone and arrow in a horse, mm -hmm. uh, the atomic bomb, the Second World War, uh, the American beat the Japanese. So, so the, per the person that has the more knowledge in the, the art of war is always a winner. And Jiu-Jitsu, that's that what it is, you know. Whereas Gracie won the first Ultimate Fighter because of, of, of uh, Jiu-Jitsu. And when I got beat and I had my first 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu lesson, I realized how, how important is knowledge, and that's what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu give you. Knowledge is power, and nowhere is that more apparent than in the world of martial arts competition. Former UFC welterweight and middleweight champion George Rush St. Pierre speaks of his introduction to jiu-jitsu and how he learned the valuable lesson that he who knows the most has the upper hand in a fight. He was speaking specifically of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but of course there are parallels in life and in other arts as well. Mixed martial arts really ended the discussion about which were the deadliest arts and what were the most effective combat techniques, but prior to MMA growing into a major sport, the martial arts were shrouded in mystery, with a whole heap of traditional martial arts styles competing to prove they had superior fighting techniques. Bruce Lee was among the first popular figures to proclaim that styles were useless, and the essence of high-level martial arts was to simply use whatever worked from all the different styles. He studied boxing, judo, fencing, wrestling, and more, and sought to bring a holistic approach to combat by employing techniques from any and all other martial arts. MMA, however, was the first real proof of what worked and what didn't when two individuals were placed in a ring or cage and given the minimum amount of rules allowable while still maintaining their safety as much as possible. Now, this wasn't always true. MMA is far from a safe sport today, but it certainly has come a long way from the days when groin strikes and headbutts were legal. I mean, I once saw an old-school fight in Brazil where a wrestler made his opponent tap by grinding his stubbly chin into his opponent's eye socket while controlling him in mount position. Even those old-school days when rules were scarce shows how knowledge can win a war. The losing fighter that night probably hadn't considered the possibility of the chin being used as a weapon on his eye, and the victor, knowing his opponent wouldn't see it coming, probably trained it in preparation for the fight and executed the unorthodox technique, which was fully within the rule set, to take his opponent by surprise. While the traditional martial arts styles such as karate, kung fu, and taekwondo aren't so effective in a no-holds-barred combat sports scenario or a street fight, they too have never-ending layers of knowledge waiting to be uncovered. When the martial arts is at its best, it is a lifelong learning endeavor, as one can always improve techniques and learn new variations yet unknown. This willingness to dive into the depths of a craft and continuously build skills carries over into every single other aspect of your life. With it comes a desire to break any challenge down into its required components, and whenever we have a big goal we want to achieve, the first question is usually, what new skills and information do I need to learn to get myself there? Everything worth doing requires new knowledge, and if you want to be really good at it, you need to go deep and learn facets that most practitioners will never be willing to work on. There are subtleties hidden to novices in all arts. There are others hidden from intermediate students, and on and on it goes. At every stage of learning, there is a new level of knowledge that will move your ability forward and increase your level of mastery. When you strive towards excellence in the martial arts, you strive towards excellence in your own life as well. Imagine you have no martial arts training. None. Take everything you've learned, throw it away. Okay. Take away all your physical training. Okay. You walk into a room full of people. How do you feel psychologically? A little insecure. Insecure. Yeah. Insecure. Yeah. That's how regular people feel. Yeah. Most people, I should say, most. They never train in their, their life. They're 
unskilled to deal with a situation that might occur, could right. occur at any moment. Yeah. It's, it's such a gift to train a, uh, like I train all my students, my, 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 my kids. It's mandatory. Training to a certain level is mandatory. It's like mathematics is mandatory to a certain level. But it's like you need a certain level of education. Well, I think that would stop a lot of bullying. And I've said this before, yeah. but I think it's counterintuitive to people. They think that bullying is a mean person. And if you taught them how to fight, they'd become meaner. Mm. But that's, I don't think that's the case. I think bullies are rare. insecure. Yes. Yeah, I think if you took away that and they got to really establish through training that they have character and that they're worth something and they don't have to be insecure and they, they build up this confidence, you wouldn't see them going out and, and picking on people. Martial arts training should be viewed as a gift. It gives us the capability to improve both our mental and physical health, strengthen our immune system, and build a skill set that allows us to better cope with dangerous situations that may arise in our lives. Faraz Sahabi is George St. Pierre's head instructor and main coach, and in this appearance on the Joe Rogan Experience, he brought up one of the most valid reasons why we should learn to strengthen our bodies and to defend ourselves. We have it pretty good here in the Western world. Violence is rarely a part of our daily lives, and there are very few, if any, situations that will require you to enter into combat with another human being. However, there are always risks in life, and there may come a time when danger will come upon you without any provocation. I really hope that doesn't happen to anyone, but it certainly can. And being equipped with the physical strength, flexibility, and knowledge of body mechanics, plus the ability to attack a threat and neutralize it before it can do harm, is something everyone should have access to if the need arises. The benefits of martial arts training are so numerous that the ability to defend yourself is just one small piece of the puzzle. With this in mind, there really is no reason not to begin and start changing your life for the better. There are so many ways to get started, including a ton of free video content on YouTube that can set you on the right path. And there are so many styles to explore to find the one that suits you best. It's a whole world of history, culture, and art waiting to be discovered. I'm getting sidetracked a bit here, so let's return to the conversation between Faras and Joe and touch on another side effect of dedicating yourself to training, self-discipline and respect for others. A lot of people strut around the world with a big chip on their shoulder for whatever reason. Maybe they got picked on a lot growing up. Maybe they come from an abusive household. Maybe they just grew up around negative people and so learned that mindset as well. I don't believe bullies are born. I believe they're made. Hardened by their upbringing or harsh circumstances, they choose to view life as a fight for survival and a battle for self-preservation at all costs. This is what leads to selfishness and a lack of empathy in human beings. They truly believe life is about getting everything you can for yourself, even at the expense of others. A martial arts training environment teaches us that humanity is one whole unit that needs to work together to advance and succeed. The whole class structure, particularly with traditional martial arts, is based around honor and respect, and those tenets are reinforced time and time again during classes. Respect your teacher, respect the gym, and most importantly, respect each other. It's like a microcosm of planet Earth. Imagine if each of us acted with the honor and integrity present inside a quality martial arts academy, particularly for children of all ages as they develop their minds and establish viewpoints and standards that will be carried with them throughout their lives. Training in the martial arts can be a vital tool to move them forward. 
That's why Faraz was stating he believes a certain level of martial arts training should be mandatory in schools, along with math, science, history, etc., and I completely agree with him. The combination of learning vital skills that can help you survive, along with developing a healthy level of respect for your fellow man, is an unbeatable combination. At its heart, what is a, a martial arts instructor it's, it's, or a coach like me? Um, it's a problem solver. So I think that we're, we're very effective at solving problems. So the problem can be, how do you beat this opponent? The problem can be, how do I set up a structure wherein we can ensure success of our fighters? So you have to have a structural kind of uh, base that allows you to solve the problems of combat sports. So that's, that's the big one. Um, and part of that is setting a good culture. Part of that is always innovating, always looking to how to do things better. Um, and part of it is the personalities of the of the coaches and fighters around to to kind of drive that model. So I, I think that it, it's the success isn't just one thing, right? It's this it's this kind of base that we've set with this culture that we've made, and then all of the good things that come from that just keep feeding into our success. A strong foundation is the key to building greatness in any skill, and true mastery comes from a deep understanding of all the moving parts and how they interconnect. Greg Jackson, head coach to a long ledger of top-level MMA fighters and world champions, talks about what it takes to achieve success at the highest levels of combat sports. As he puts it, his main duty as a coach is to solve a variety of complex problems. Each and every opponent presents a unique set of skills unlike any other fighter. The way they move, their tendencies in the ring, their go-to combinations, the way they initiate a grappling sequence, and so much more are variables that need to be taken into account when developing a game plan for a particular adversary. A coach also needs to solve the problem of the weaknesses he perceives in his fighter. How can their skills be shored up so they are efficient in any area the fight may go? An MMA contest can end up on the feet, on the ground, or up against the fence in a clinch situation. At various points during a match, the action will likely end up in all three places, so there needs to be a strategy for each location and an understanding of what the opponent usually does in those situations. The longer a fighter's career, the more tape there is on him, and so the more there is to study and break down when formulating a plan of attack. This is where a guy like Greg comes into play. He examines all the moving components to a fight and carefully crafts a formula for his fighters that give them the best chance of success. This sort of deep problem solving is a journey that coach and fighter go through together, testing and adjusting as a training camp moves forward to come to the best possible conclusion on the night of the fight. The best fighters are adept at listening to their coach's instructions, in training, while engaged in combat and on the stool in the corner in between rounds. For most of us, we won't be stepping into a ring or cage and risk getting put unconscious, and that's a good thing. Fighters who make it to the professional level are rare, and the journey from the amateur levels to fighting for a high-level organization is a merciless one and dangerous one to say the least. That's why the mindset of world-class fighters is so valuable to study and learn from. Even though we may never compete ourselves though, the ability to break down problems into the sum of their parts and rearrange them in a way that is favorable is a skill set that can be carried over into our workplace, business efforts, relationships, and so much more. The martial arts teaches us how to solve complex problems by giving us some tools and a goal to reach for, and then allowing us to make efforts, along with a good instructor, 
towards solving the equation that leads to better technique. Each small adjustment made along the way, whether it's the way you step before throwing a kick or the movement of the hip when you throw a right cross, is vital to the final outcome of your efforts. A series of small adjustments, along with good old Chuck Norris style, hard work and dedication will lead to a big result in the end. At the highest levels, the martial arts are not only of service to yourself, but to the world around you as well. And so I'd like to leave you with a quote from the founder of Judo, Kano Jigoro. Judo is the way to the most effective use of both physical and spiritual strength. By training you in attacks and defenses, it refines your body and your soul and helps you make the spiritual essence of Judo a part of your very being. In this way, you are able to perfect yourself and contribute something of value to the world. This is the final goal of Judo discipline. So go out there in the world. If you're not training already, find a martial arts style that suits you and dive into it. There's so much to explore, like I said before, that you can look at a variety of styles and find something that is the best fit for you. And if you already train, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm hoping you, I'm hoping that this will give you the motivation to continue to carry forward and realize just how important the martial arts and physical training is in your life. Thank you very much, my friends, for joining me this week on the Fight IQ podcast, where we break down the psychology of top combat sports athletes, to extract gems of wisdom we can all apply to our own lives. My name is Jesse Day, and this podcast goes live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. at fightiqpodcast.com and wherever podcasts are found online. iTunes, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're pretty much on it, so you can find us everywhere. I would love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at info at fightiqpodcast.com where I'd be happy to answer any questions you have, accept any criticism you may have as well, lay it on me. And if you really love this program, I do encourage you to become a patron at patreon.com slash fightiqpodcast, where you can make a direct contribution to the show, not only with a small monetary gift, but also be able to determine the topics that I'm going to be talking about on future episodes. That's it from me. I'll see you guys next time on Fight IQ.